Yo, yo, welcome to Weird Growth, the podcast where we hear the strange and often unpredictable journey that founders take. The conversation doesn't stop here. If you want to stay one step ahead and unlock access to exclusive insights, thought-provoking summaries of our latest episodes, and a curated collection of valuable resources from across the web, don't miss out on Ammo Marketing's monthly newsletter. Please do subscribe to our newsletter in the link in the description. This episode, we have two wonderful people, uh, Clinton Schroeder and Kevin Venter, who are co-founders of Token Technology. Uh, They help enterprise customers manage their digital transformation with a special focus on mining and resources sectors, labour hire and community care industries. They harness the power of mobile productivity at Token. Um, So welcome, Clinton and Kevin. Thank you so much, guys, for being on Weird Growth. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Cam. It's really good to have you and thank you for taking the time to share your story today. Please, can you introduce yourselves? Maybe you can introduce each other and give us a little bit of background about how you came to be doing what you do. So that's Clinton. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's Kevin. Oh, nice. Well done. That's the opener right there. Uh, so yeah, I guess a bit of a background about me. Um, I'm a very technical person, so I studied programming through uh, through TAFE Uni. Really? Um, and that kind of set the stage for building product in cool. the enterprise space and in the digital space. Um, yeah, and so from the point of studying to where we are now, it's been a quite a long journey, I would say. Yeah, and yeah. so you've got a bit of background yourself in working with the large sort of enterprise customers as yeah, well, so or, you know, as an as a employee, yeah? That's right. So Clinton and I both come from a, a very strong consulting background in the ERP big tier one sector, yep. being being SAP consultants. Not sure if you know what SAP, SAP. is. SAP. Yeah. Yep. So um, a long history of SAP consulting, probably 25 years each between the two of us, um, yep. combining, making up quite a, a significant amount of experience Amazing. and um, having worked on multiple projects around the world. Awesome. We actually met on a project. Yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's there's a couple, there's about three things I think that are leading to where we are. Mm. <laughs> if you if you talk about it like that, but yep. I think Kevin's technical, broad technical acumen and curiosity in that space, even though I didn't realize it back then, <laughs> you know, sort of helps you progress this type of, of of you know initiative later on. But the other thing is that extensive enterprise software knowledge, which is quite rare in some ways. I mean, when we were Doing um, these b- these projects, large large company projects in you know in different um, areas around the globe, and picking up that knowledge, we we had no idea that that would you know unlock enterprise, um, I guess enterprise delivery capability that we now have. Um, and I think thirdly, I you know I I'm, I'm more on the business process side of things. Actually, I'm not the technical side of it, but um, having having started my career as an industrial engineer and looking at process improvement um, and how then later on software can enable that is, is also been the third sort of idea that's these three, these three things have sort of come together now and what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and, and helped us with, with the fairly unique product. Yeah, that's right. Very yeah. cool. That's right. We, we, I guess we, at the time had no idea that that would lay the foundation to what we do today. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, that's the cool thing about, you know, most people's careers and, you know, and being an entrepreneur as well is when you start out, you yeah. don't necessarily know exactly where you're going, but you figure it out as you go and right. as opportunities come up. Yeah, and I mean, for me, largely forced in some ways. I mean, we, you know, yeah, one thing is to have an idea, right? And then one yep. thing is to turn it into a business. Yep. But the, I think 2017, the mining sector here was going, I was working in the mining sector, going through a bit of a rough time. A lot mm. of people downsizing, you know, looking at transformation cost, cost, um, 
prioritization stuff. And that sort of forced us to go and start something else, you know, and at that time. And it was a huge risk. But at the same time, the risk wasn't, how can I say, as significant as it would have been any other during any other time of the cycle. Yeah, so, there you go. So, so that in itself is, you know, um, you, you, hindsight's a wonderful thing if you think back, oh, should have done that, but when uh, when at the time, you, you know, it doesn't sound like a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like jumping off a cliff and building the plane on the way down. Kind yeah, of yeah. yeah, cool. Well, look, really keen to get into what tokens all about and what you've built and how you did that. Um, before we do, I, I have a little pop quiz which I like asking. <laughs> I told you it wasn't going to be a hard uh, interview, um, but it puts you on the spot a little bit. And it's hypothetically, if you were to start again today a fresh idea something completely different a new business what would you like to be doing and who would you be helping well that is on the spot cam <laughs> <laughs> i mean um, it could just be you know just an idea that you got floating in the back of your head or something that you've been I'll, intrigued I'll, I'll by look going through this journey i never realized how incredibly hard it is first of all right so your, your natural reaction to sort of a superficial answer would be, oh, I wouldn't change a thing, right? But, right. but um, you know, it is incredibly hard. So I would think twice about doing this again, if, wow. that's, if that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not unhappy we're doing it now. Well, but it's incredible what you've achieved so but, far. But, yeah. But, 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 yeah, I think, I think people go into it too lightly. I think people don't realise um, what you do need in, in the pot to make this thing work. Um, I, I, I certainly do enjoy the entrepreneurial side of things. I, w I would probably have picked a product if I could, yep. right? That was um, not overly technical, okay. not perishable, um, something that you you could um, you know you could market and sell um, you know a lot a lot maybe a lot easier than the one that we have, and something that would help people in communities. You know, I'd, I'd look at all those things. I'm not sure what that is. Yeah, fair enough. But I'd prefer helping to do something entrepreneurial, right? Nice. Rather than working in the big corporates that. That, that side of things. So, so uh, if that makes yeah. summary. Yeah. Kevin, do you have, a, do you have something <laughs> like that? Yeah, look, um, I definitely would do it again. Um, I do things differently because at the time, you know, when, when you start out, and it's a cliche comment, but you don't know what you don't know. Right. And you kind of learn what you need to learn at the time that you need to learn it. So you kind of, like you said, you're kind of making it up as you go along. Um, that said, though, I think there is a big market coming um, in the digital space for um, privacy. Okay. So we live in an open community now where everything is shared. You know, you've got Instagram, you've got your Facebook posts, all that kind of stuff. And I think the time will come where people actually want some more privacy in their lives and, yeah. to, and to scrub stuff that they've posted yeah. previously. I think there's a market there for a product that allows you to remove your digital footprint from the, from the web. Cool. What that looks like, I don't know. Um, that's just an idea that has been that has been kind of floating in the background. Love it. Yeah. For any personal reasons why? <laughs> no, no, no. It's nothing negative. Yeah, yeah, like I'm just, I'm just thinking, you know, <laughs> you know, there there probably are cases where people 100%. want to have less of their lives shared. Yeah, you know? I mean, I get asked by people, well, how do I remove, you know, this particular search on Google for my name and things like that? And yeah. It's not an easy thing exactly to do. Right. So I think exactly that you're right. The privacy and, and anonymity is going to be more highly valued than yep. ever. Yeah. Yep. Oh, great, great, um, yeah, great suggestions, both of you guys. Thank you. Um, I'd love to hear w about the problem that you're solving with token technologies, and you know, what, how are you helping people there at the moment? Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a it's a big question, mm. and it's it's kind of one that most startups struggle with and battle to answer. You yeah. know, when they get going, I mean, what you feel is uh, is the problem is is quite different to sometimes what the actual problem might be. 
So, and it's an important one for people to get right, I think. Um, but where we are now, Token is doing two things. It's actually helping bring complex systems and data together for people, okay. which is often a problem for our, our kind of customers that we deal with. Who are? Um, so your typical size customer would be a mid-tier enterprise. So somebody like Radling Communications, for example. Yep. Um, cool. You know, they... they They've got a large enough workforce and they're delivering, you know, some good services to their to their customers and they've got a complex landscape in terms of the, the IT side of things. Um, so they would want to bring some of those systems together and they would. the second thing is they want to make that available to um, their workforce on, on different um, user interfaces. So mobile apps and, um, and other things. So those are the two things that Token's doing. It's really helping people with bringing those systems and data bits together and then yep. providing them or making them available um, on those different uh, interfaces. Now, it's, it's, it sounds straightforward, but in doing that, you've got to make sure that you accommodate, you know, uh, different device platforms, uh, different connectivity um, types of issues that you might have. So they might be out on in the field or on site yeah, and might have yeah. access to the internet. You've got to manage security around right. that. Um, you've got to also then, you know, make sure that it – works well and is easy to use so all of those things play into the the software that we've provided yeah very cool and i i suppose the challenge with with that is the work is building that into people's daily workflow as well and so kevin what are some of the things that you see are the the challenges with getting people to change the way that they do their work so uh, it's an interesting question because a lot of the customers that we have dealt with they're coming from a paper base Mm -hmm. so just as an example guys capturing timesheets. So on day one, they started out, because it works, fill in a timesheet on a piece of paper, get it signed manually, then you've got to scan it or take a picture of it. You've got to email it to an administrator where timesheet then gets recaptured into a system. Um, so for us, it's really a case of, okay, well, you know, how do we digitize that process? How do we make it as easy as we can for the users? And how do we remove the headache from the administrators having to capture that to remove the finger errors, all that kind of stuff? So yeah. this, the software really plays well in that field uh, because it, it eliminates errors. So the guys capturing the timesheets, as long as they do a fairly good job of capturing the timesheet, the data doesn't really have to be vetted a second time. Yes, you know? yeah, got it. So it goes into the system, an administrator can look it over to say, yep, that looks good, hit a button and it gets approved and it goes through a payroll cycle. You know, So where you previously would have an army of, of employees punching timesheets and getting things wrong and then being able not being able to read handwriting, that kind of stuff, the software plays well in, uh, I guess, eliminating that paper process and speeding up that whole that whole yeah. billing cycle for, yeah. for then, many of our customers. And, and yeah. the thing is, if you amplify that, so take that scenario, but then you say, okay, well, what does that look like for 20,000 of these things a month yeah, for, wow. a, for a company? Yeah. Right? What efficiencies uh, you get I from mean, efficiencies that. you get from that at scale. Um, and also then, so that's the, the user side, but then making it easily available. So these mid-tier customers, they've got a double whammy. They've got that problem, but then they don't have the technical, technology and resources to actually roll out the solution yep. to manage that problem so yes. so that's token is playing into both spaces yep. um but yeah i mean that's a good example yeah i mean a lot of these mid-tier companies don't have massive budgets they don't typically have their own internal it departments that can then go and build apps for them yep so they leverage you know the token platform to be able to achieve that end point you know to, to, to get their timesheets in and timesheets just an example um without the headache of having to employ people and manage infrastructure and and all the stuff that goes with it does it surprise you that we're still here in 2023 and we're still 
converting analog paper and pen processes into digital? It does in some ways. But, you know, coming back to the first point around the enterprise experience that we've had, um, enterprise is a very eclectic space. And unless you've worked deep, deeply within it, mm. you kind of you kind of wouldn't really uh, appreciate those kinds of, um, mm. you know, um, how can I say, uh, nuances. nuances. But we, if, you, if you think about it, enterprise is miles behind our retail technology, right? You know, we, 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 in the retail space, we talk about wonderful things that are happening. Yeah. But in enterprise, because of the, the nature of the beast and, and the slow-moving components yes. in there and the stakeholder engagement behind it, now this yeah. is the key stuff, yeah. not the technical stuff, it's people. Mm. Because of that, uh, it hasn't evolved as fast as, it, as we need to. You know, you, you'll read about some really shiny new things like uh, driverless trucks, for example, or and robotics, and you'll read about, um, you know, the, the artificial intelligence side of things coming in and all of these things. But when you go into the business and see what they're doing, <laughs> it's remarkable. Yeah, <laughs> and you ask them why you're doing it, yeah. and they'll say, well, this is just the way we've always done it. <laughs> why would we change? That, that's an interesting segue, actually. When we started out, the product was built around an SAP implementation. So coming from an SAP background, it was, okay, on the day I was sitting in, in the office and a couple of guys came around doing an asset count. So they rolled into the office, they had these Excel sheets, paper by paper printed Excel sheets, <laughs> and they were counting assets, looking for barcodes, searching it's for the barcode in company. the list, a massive company, right? And um, that actually sparked the idea, you know, that's where Token, the idea was was born really. Um, but fast forward a couple of years, we, we had built this product, which was predominantly positioned at the tier one space. And as Clinton, Clinton mentioned now, that that. The nature of the beast is that things move really slowly. Mm. Their procurement cycles in the tier one space is probably an 18-month process. So we learned very quickly that token was not going to work in the tier one space. Yeah, because you speak to yeah, align yeah. with being a startup. Mm. And, and being a startup, you're also competing massively against brand. So an SAP or a company running SAP would want to stick with SAP branding. Yeah. You know? So you're competing against that and you're an unknown. So it's, it's really hard. So we, we found that out really quickly and we had to, I guess, re-gear where we were positioning the product to, to actually get some traction, you know, to get runs on the board. Yeah, there's the old saying, you never get fired for hiring IBM. Yeah. No. And so no. there's got to be that level of trust, I suppose, yeah. which you build over time. And to get yeah, to and, and just fit for the market, right? So it was one of our first major pivots, really, because we were positioning it for that market. And it wasn't so much that it didn't work or they weren't interested in it. They're just not capable of engaging with it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what was it like when you did take that jump off the cliff and start trying to build the plane on on the way down? And you know, how are you looking for for how did you reach those very first customers? I mean, we were fortunate in a way um, in that we did win the federal grant for innovation. Aha! Uh -huh. I was at the accelerating commercialization. Yep, we won yeah, that, yeah, very which cool. was a useful source for us. Um, that was two thousand and eighteen basically. And that kind of gave us a little bit of a foothold in terms of gaining some early trial traction sites. And um, we chose to co-locate also at a software reseller who was already engaged with the market that we were interested in. Really? Okay. So we worked. So you already had that channel. We worked inside the, 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 yeah, inside the realm of that. Um, and that helped us, I guess, get some early runs on, on the board, right? Um, some early visibility, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, without us having to, um, I guess, overcommit our early fundraising efforts. Yeah. 
but you know, it, it's harder than we ever thought it would be. I mean, you know, t- just doing that and you know, committing, committing. As I say, I mean, the the the, the mining industry at the time did somewhat force us to look at that um, and and go harder at it at that time. So it wasn't as hard a choice as it might have been, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. But um, but that's yeah. Those were the imp- two impetus I think that. It got us to, to do that cliff jump. Yeah, yeah nice. For me, it was less, uh, sorry, Cam, for <laughs> yeah. me, it was less of a cliff jump. Um, at the time, when, when I started the whole idea of, you know, let's, let's build a product in this space, I was employed full-time. Okay. So it wasn't really a case of, okay, now I'm leaving the day job, I'm taking a leap of blind faith and hoping it's going to work out for the best. For me, it was a case of, okay, I do have employment that's, that's paying the bills. Um, how do I now build a product? So what that meant for me was, Every night from 7 p.m. Work. 7 yep. p.m. through until early hours in the morning, it was, okay, what do I need next? What part of the product, what does the software need to do next? And it was a case of, okay, build from there, build from there, build from there. So we got to the point that, okay, we've actually got a product that's worth something, that can do something, and from there we can now take it to the market. Well done. That's pretty cool. It sounded like it was a bit of a passion project for you in a way as well. You know, yeah, if you're staying yeah, up to I'm not going to call it passion or stupidity, but yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. a lot hard, as I said, a lot harder than it looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well done. Yeah, yeah. and, um, and you, you underestimate, you know, you see the Facebook stories like, oh, massive, you know, unicorn startup with billions of dollars. Yeah. But you don't realize what actually goes into a startup until you've built a startup. Mm, yeah, the 10 year <laughs> overnight success. Yeah, exactly mm, right. Mm, mm, well mm. done. So, that, so that's great. So you had that early ability to tap into the software resellers network and start sort of reaching customers and understanding what they really needed while you were building it mm. by the sound of it. Where did you take it from there? What, what was the sort of steps where you realised, hang on, we're actually onto something here, we can, we can keep going? Um, that was a bit of the blind faith part, to be honest. Yep. We, we kind of had a feeling that this would work, but that's it, really a feeling. And sometimes if going, looking back at it now, that was a risk, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> then he, he did, he did we, we did give up our jobs at that point, right? And we did actually have to get stuck into this um, and commit to it, you know? Uh, and, and we did that on our own backs. No, we didn't have a big team to help us or anything. So it's Definitely only so far you can take something part-time. There's only so far you can do something part-time and sometimes yeah. you have to... You have to commit to it and, 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 and get it going. But we, we did have some small traction with some trial sites um, and we turned that into more traction and we lost some traction and we gained some traction and we lost some more traction. So we went through this for a lot longer than we thought might happen, right? But we just coaster. kept trying. We just yeah. kept going at it, um, yeah. improving the product. At that point, we did th- we did do something pivotal in terms of the stack and the technology as well. We moved it onto the cloud and we, we kind of, um, before that it was a, I could say a basic architecture, yep. but we up- upgraded that um, and allowed us to scale things without too much of our own delivery effort, if you like. So, um, what, so just in terms of specifics, why was it? Why did taking it to the cloud allow you to simplify things? Yeah, simplify the deployment of it. Okay. So, for example, instead of having to install, maintain, look after a physical indi- server individual client. In, yeah, um, you know, um, deployments, we could do that differently, right? Nice. Again, looking back, we can see that. We, we just took a hunch at the time that this yeah. would help, right? Um, yeah. A lot of hunches being taken here. Uh, <laughs> but yes, that, 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 that did help, you mm-hmm. know, and that also helped us then, I guess, unknowingly, um, you know, uh, put together a deployment strategy that would suit those mid-tier customers that we now 
working strongly with. Um, yeah. What do you say? Yeah, so um, I think key for us in the early stages when we were getting those first runs on the board was that we actually listened to the customers that we were dealing with. You know, one of the one of the key things is that w- when you're setting up the mobile, I'm going into a bit of technical detail here, but when you're setting up the mobile, the application needs a few key pieces of information so that it can make a connection to where it needs to connect to to basically get the app to work. Mm. And in the early stages, we were relying on users to enter that information manually. Okay. So you'd have to enter like a, an IP address server endpoint, a user, a password, and some of those early customers, they said, no, this is not going to work because the users were getting it wrong. Yeah. If you've ever used a mobile phone keyboard, getting the keys right in the right case and sequence is actually quite difficult. Especially typing an IP address. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. we very quickly then changed the way that we manage user enrollments and built that into the solution and then made it easier for everybody else or every other customer that came along, you know. So that process then got streamlined. So yeah, I would say if anybody is listening, you know, you want to listen to your customers early and you want to take that feedback and then you want to see how you can leverage what you have into the solution so that going forward you make your, your own life easier. Yeah, well yeah. said. Yeah. Where's the line when you have that feedback from customers and they're asking for more features or, you know, more bells and whistles and then there's, you know, an obvious point where that scope creep and that feature sort of explosion you can't do it all, right? How do you find that line? Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a real hard line to find because when you're going through the early stages, you want to get customers. You want to get customers. You want to make sure the customers are happy do so you can get more customers. Yep. Yep. It's a logical human reaction, right? Get customer. If customer's happy, you get more customer. That's what you're thinking, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so when the customer says, yeah, can we add this? Oh, yeah, of course we can, you know? So we go down that road and you're right. You get to that point where that's becoming heavy and, and you know, a lot, to, a lot to learn. But I think what Kevin means when he says you're listening to customers, you're also listening to what the common threads are. You're listening yep. to what the real, this is where you find out what the real pain points are, not the ones you thought of three years before that um, in terms of what the problem is, right? So this is where you find that real problem. And this is also tied into a strong part about what um, you have to think about from a brand ideology and a marketing perspective as well, because what you market and what you sell, if you, if you, if you market and sell too many features and things, people get lost in the real message of yeah. what you're talking about. You them yeah. And these two things, worlds collide at some point in the sector where all of a sudden you know what the common threads are across across all of this, right? And that's, I think that's the listening, if, 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 if I could call it that. Mm. Zero doesn't talk, talking about your, your brand and market positioning, you know, Zero doesn't talk about, um, you know, reports and reconciliations and, you know, all the little features that it does. It talks about doing beautiful business and it, it's about a feeling and an emotion almost, but applied to a business-to-business SaaS product, which is kind of strange. But yeah. you guys have obviously tapped into actually this is about how we make people's lives at work better and how we make enterprises run more efficiently as opposed to all the, w- yeah. the features. Yeah. yeah. In, yeah. Those, in those early days, you probably end up building a lot of stuff at customers' request that maybe you don't need, but you learn that along the journey. And then in hindsight, you say, okay, well, we actually did a good thing there or maybe that didn't work out so well. And there's no advice that you can give upfront to get to that endpoint. You know, you actually have to go through the journey to be able to make that call mm. once you've been through it. Mm. And you yep. have to be strong enough to make that call. You have to be strong enough at some point to say no to some of those other things yeah. and say yes to a couple of things. But 
you know what I mean? You, if you if you if you don't sort of sit back and start doing that, at some point, your your team gets overworked, your marketing budget's gone down the toilet, and um, you're still stuck with a mar- marginal growth. And you're trying to support. Yeah. You're trying to support all the stuff that you've built. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the things that you have done from a marketing or brand building point of view that have allowed you to to take that next step? Um, we've had a few goes at it. Yep. I'd, I'd say yeah, it's an iterative thing. Yep. Um, in the beginning, I. Th- thought it was a one-off thing um, <laughs> and and you're under pressure in the beginning to to get it right right because you are oh, you've got to have a good you know presence online you've got to have a great website with a good key message you know you've got to have all of these things but the truth is you just don't know what those things are a lot of the time and um so we we actually were a bit top heavy early on we went you know we went full agency trying to sort out a lot of these things and mm-hmm. We did spend quite a bit of money on it, um, and to some degree, it wasn't a waste. It was, it was, it was, it was marginally successful. But um, you know, we've had a few bites at that um, brand rewrites, um, rethinking sessions, workshops. As as we've grown, as we've taken on more learnings, we've slowly started to refine and improve and change. And and I mean, we're going through it right now. We, we're still going through it, and I think we will continue to do that. Um, so the same way that the product evolves as you listen to your customers, the marketing and the positioning and the brand evolves yeah. too. I mean, that's a, that's a people don't realize that when you start a new business, it's hard, right? But if you're starting your own product and your own business at the same time, <laughs> the it's, it's two businesses, right? <laughs> it's two things. Good point. It's yeah. two things, and people don't realize how hard that actually is because yes, you've got to build that trust and awareness around your brand and what it is that you're delivering, as well as keeping your customers happy from a from a you know delivery perspective in other words you know you're if let's for example say you're starting a new dan murphy's um you know liquor store liquor store right Right. i'm starting a new franchise tomorrow down in you know belcato or whatever it is i put up the shop i get going but people know what it is they know what you're selling Mm -hmm. they kind of know roughly what you charge even though they haven't been there yeah but if you thought in a new bottle store calling it Cam's Liquor, for example, same, right. same place would be much harder, right? People I never want to shop there. there. That sounds great. <laughs> but then you've also got to go and like make the wine and distill the yeah, you've got the to gin go and right through it. So, so, so yeah. by the you know what I mean. So there's a, a another thing happening. Sure, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I've not thought about it like that actually. Um, so what what other things uh, you know apart from you know brand marketing website stuff? What works? What's the what's the one thing that you know if you continue doing more of this, you'll get more business, or have you not quite found that yet? I think I think what has been pivotal for us is being recognised as a preferred vendor. Okay. So we've got a partnership with Myob, MYOB, uh, Australia, New Zealand. I shouldn't have company. used the zero example before. Uh, <laughs> no, we're almost oh, there as with zero oh, as very well. Good. Um, but you know, we're the mobility preferred provider, and that opens that kind of unlocks a lot of opportunity. In what way? Um, in that they bring customers to you. Love they, it. being my op, yes. bring customers to you. Good. Th- where they know, okay, we've got a customer. The customer's been asking for mobility solution in space ABC. Yeah. We know the token guys are already doing that. So let's connect those two dots together. That's awesome. And that's been quite, um, I think, pivotal. I'm speaking on Clinton's behalf here. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think the other thing is, this, as I said, it's harder than you think. You're going to go through stressful times and it's a lot longer than you think. So to, to go through that, you need a good team. You need people around you that have got that the capability to develop that mindset. Let's call it that. Um, because you can't do it all yourself. Yep. Um, and you're going to need to be able to work with people and they're going to need to be able to work with you uh, to get it done. So fostering a culture that supports that, mm. starting in the beginning and fostering the culture that supports that is, is I think, 
you know that's that's hard yeah. that's really hard i mean um you know you can't pay you can't pay the big dollars you're living especially in this part of the world you're living in a mining dominated market yep um and yeah and it's important that you know that you that you actually think about the team that you need and if you have good people you work work on on that you know and importantly they keep, do, are, keep doing that are bought into the vision of what you're trying to build and they're on board they're on board with it and yeah. they're, they're into it and, and they're getting something they're getting something out of it you know yeah. that, that i think that that's that's crucial so yeah i mean help help helping helping on that side but internally i think that's a, a yeah, and i think thing. we've 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 gone out of our way to build up a, a culture in the company you know where people have flexibility where they have support from us whatever they want to do in their lives we support them and um, I think it's worked out pretty well so far. Yeah, no, yeah. I've definitely just noticed that as an outside observer, you guys do have a, a, a great, at least from the outside, internal culture, and you've got people that have been there a long time as well. So yeah. credit yeah. to you, well done, guys. <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, we do yeah. offer share share program. I'm I'm, I'm punting the punting the, the the company here a bit, but yep. um, yeah, our employees, the guys that are with us on a permanent basis, they get share options, so they actually get it piece of skin in the game. Love that. That's very so cool. they um, I guess they're working towards a common goal together yeah. with us. Yeah. To be honest, that's that's kind of I mean that's quite common in I guess Silicon Valley, but in Australia that's actually quite Different. uncommon. Yeah. yeah. So well done. Yeah, guys. you have to think about really that way. Yeah. yeah. My old partnership is really interesting because it mm. gives you access to a, a massive customer base who already trust an existing brand. Um, what is it about that that helps you um, get into to more clients? Like, why why does it make sense to partner with a company like My old? I think you said it there. Yeah. You know, they they are a trusted brand mm. in the market, um, largely because they're a local software brand. Uh, are they? Are they Australian? They're Australian. Huh, Australian, okay. New Zealand slash. Oh, very cool. And that's quite interesting. I mean, if I go back to the the enterprise experience Kevin and I have, there's very few Australian homegrown enterprise software products. Amazing. Um, and there's you know the, there's old saying like Jesus was never a you know popular in Nazareth, basically, right? And it's <laughs> the same thing. If you come up with an enterprise product here. The mindset is that's not possible, you know. Mm. Um, surely I should be buying this from Silicon someone Valley. else, right? Yeah, um, especially you end up with something like FreshBooks. Yeah, especially <laughs> especially in enterprise, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and and to your point, you know, like um, why would anyone? Tr- it's a trust thing. Why would anyone trust? You know, token from WA, and um, and I think Maya has sort of solved that over the years to some degree. You yeah, know? Um, that's cool. The the mid tier enterprise market who are somewhat you know they've got less of a budget than than the bigger companies, and if they if they trusting you, all of a sudden other people are starting to ask questions, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's that's it. Yeah. yeah. It's also part of the journey. You know, um, when we started out, it was difficult to get the first runs on the board, but the more you provide solutions to customers in the MyUp space, the more you yourself become a brand. You know, where yeah. they then know, okay, you want to do you want to deal with time cards, token on your guys to to speak to, Brilliant. and and that's. And that's just it because we know that they've delivered it for company ABC XYZ. Start to build that momentum. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. terrific. Yeah. Very good, guys. What could possibly be next for the future? I mean, you've got a great foundation to build on, a great team, a product which customers love. Mm. What's next? On the technical level, there's still so much that we can do. Mm. Um, Specifically in the AR realm, mm. where at the minute we've got administrators who are manually doing a lot of approvals and all that kind of stuff on timesheets. 
we've got this bulk of data now where we know for this person who's employed at this company, they've been submitting the same kind of timesheet for the last three years. Yep. Therefore, start seeing some patterns. if the timesheet is coming through in the same format and with the same number of hours per their roster, that it just gets yeah. automatically approved. Yep. You know, so I guess the next step in evolution of then simplifying it even further from an administrative point of view, um, we are working on the tooling. We want to make the tooling a lot easier to use so that we can do a lot more in the same space of time. Okay. So do you mean the, the sort of back-end type of yeah, so the, setting the, up? Yeah, the so token, the token functionality on the platform yeah. so that we can do, I guess, double the amount of work in the same amount of time. So we want to make our tools more streamlined to be awesome. able to facilitate that process yeah. yeah yeah i think i think on a technical level there's always a, a nice full roadmap um and i think uh, you know we're growing that um we're doing well in new zealand now oh, uh, north america's going well um a few a few a few starts going on in south africa as they start their cloud journey so it's yeah it's it's coming along i think there's a lot of scope in in the mid-tier uh, market i think erp and software is changing and people's um as you've seen, you mentioned zero before. Zero has changed a little bit of how people adopt, but even zero, uh, you know, also has challenges in that space. Um, yep. So I think I think looking at those different markets uh, and 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 um, you know we've we've clearly got a, a good sort of appreciation for for the platform in that space, and it's just honing it on that now a little bit further. Yeah. Yeah. What is one big piece of advice you have to founders who are looking to grow? Geez, that's a good one. <laughs> we do have a couple. Um, um, I guess uh, I'll jump in first. Sorry. Yeah, um, first. So I'll just I'll just pay it forward. Some advice that we got from a guy by the name of Luke Anya, who's the um, founder of Safety Culture. Yep. We 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 met him, and what he said to us from an advice perspective is, get traction, and the money will come to you. Because <laughs> at the at the time we were looking for for funding and all this kind of stuff, and he just said, get the traction you need, and the money will come to you. You know, if you've got a good product and you've got some runs on the board and, and it's got the makings of something great, mm. the investors will will bring the money to you. Very, very sage advice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it is a sum up of, of a few things there as well. <laughs> I mean, if you drill down into that, it's all very well. We, everyone wants to try and grab the traction, right, and get the traction. But I think if you're going through it, you've got to be able to, um, you've got to be able to really, you know, people talk about, what the problem is that you're solving, as I mentioned earlier, and don't feel the need to come up with a problem because people are asking you for what the problem is, right? Unless the problem will come to you. The uh -huh. problem that you, you, you know there's a problem, right? Yep. But don't force yourself to define it straight away because I can guarantee it will be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to work with people. You've got to um, go and see people. You've got to try your ideas out. And after a while, that problem will form. Right, and then you define the problem. Right, sounds a bit like love. <laughs> Finding the perfect partner. If you're out there looking yeah. too hard, yeah. it won't come. So, so, some people are, are very fortunate. In other words, you know, they've worked in a particular industry for so so long, and there's one thing that they've seen a very specific thing, and they and because of the thirty years they put behind that, they understand a bit more. Mm. Right? That they're 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 the few and far between lot. Um, but I, I'd I'd really think about f making sure you eventually. F get to that that problem define it really well and focus on that you know um and then be able to prove that you've put skin in the game as well so a lot of people when you go for the next step people want to know um do you believe your own product do you believe that Are this is a problem so, so so not only have you defined it do you believe it now that that means not your 
commentary on it, it means you've actually given up your job. It, you can prove that you've put in money. Yep. You can prove that you, you're into this. You know, you need to prove it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, I mean, from an advice perspective, if anybody out there is sitting on an idea, just do something about it. You know, don't let the idea just live in your in your mind for the rest of time. Yeah. Actually do something about it. Yeah. And worst of the worst, nothing comes of it, but at least you've given it a shot. You know, you maybe come up with another idea, do the same thing, but yep. don't just sit on it. Yeah. The execution's where yeah. the value is, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Love it, guys. Thank you. We actually haven't mentioned that during the podcast yeah. today, Hubflow. Yeah. It's one of our newer products. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Hubflow. Yeah. Hubflow. What's that all about? So Hubflow is about communication. Uh, we've built this tool called Hubflow. Um, basically, on the token platform, you're able to create articles um, of different categories and get that content mm. delivered to the phone. So right. Your whole workforce, device, you, yeah. you basically remove the need for emails and PDF documents and all that kind of stuff. Internet you just sites. create your articles on Hubflow and it gets disseminated through the whole business. Yeah, I guess the problem is that a lot of um, going through COVID and after COVID workforce, yeah, people are saying workforce, workforce, workforce. You know, we need, to, we need to manage our workforce. For working from home and remotely. and Everything. Like yeah. People can't get enough people. And the people they get, they've got to keep engaged and you know, and they're retained. Yep. And and workforce management across any industry right now is in this part of the world is critical. If you've if you've trying to grow your business and you've got no one to do deliver the project or manage the service, you know. So Hubflow was really about the people. You know, you talk about ESG. Um, you know, you got your environment, your social, and your governments. But the social element of that is the people side and. Um, people's well-being, people's engagement, people's commitment to the work. It's all about communication and this is just another medium for it. So people think about, you know, enterprise technology as a transaction thing, but it's actually an engagement thing as well, you know. So that's where Hubflow comes from. It's the hub and it's the flow of information around the hub. That's that's really what it is. And and I think, um, you know, it's, it's becoming a bigger and bigger need in, in, in the business. And again, coming back to mid-tier enterprise, they just don't have the capabilities to deliver that sort of thing yet. But now they do. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, they're really cool. Well, we'll check out Hubflow. That sounds like a brilliant product, guys. Well done. Yeah. All right, we're getting to the end of the episode. And the other little thing that I like to do at Weird Growth is a bit of show and tell. And so this is personally for you guys, what is the tool or device or toy that you have that makes your lives better and you couldn't live without every day? It'll be a bit of a cliche, won't it? Living in the mobility space. But yeah, my, my phone makes a huge difference, man. Just being able to carry it with me yeah. um, and having that communication available. Are you Apple or Android? I'm an Android fan. Oh, me too. <laughs> I guess it depends where you started on the mobile journey. You know, exactly. back in the day, if you were an early adopter of Apple, then you're probably an Apple fan. Yeah. Um, but I'm an Android fan where the phone is concerned. But from a laptop perspective, Apple. Are you? Yeah. Did you yeah. Did, was there a moment where you... Where you jumped to the dark side from PC? <laughs> um, there was, and it was it was purely out of need. Yeah. Uh, we got to the point where we were building our, our token client on the actual phone. Okay, and you I had, had no choice. That. I had to, you know, pick up and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and switch nah. to Apple. There you go, <laughs> Clinton. Yeah, well, it's, geez, that's a difficult one. Um, I was uh, going to go down. Yeah, I was, was going to go down the phone. The, the, no technology route, but that you know I can. I think I do it because of, of work. I have to look at it. But I, I, I like the, the, the bloody massage gun I bought the other day. I think that thing's great. I use that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't got one, I'll get you one for Christmas. <laughs> Love that. Well, uh, Gabe, who was on just before, he said uh, his answer was um, ultra marathons. All right. He runs ultra marathons. What? Wow. And his take on that was it's a, it's a lot like business. 
Yeah, and you that's go a good one. through an extreme pain barrier, and it feels like you can't take another single step yeah. forward. That's a long game. And just yeah. when you really think you can't, you d- you do. You do, and, and you, you get that going. sense of achievement and relief afterwards. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 So I don't mm. think I, I'm not an ultra marathon runner. I don't know about you guys, no. but yeah, it sounds pretty epic. It's an um, I'll stick with the massage gun. That's <laughs> 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 uh, awesome, guys. Um, well, look, final plug. If anyone's interested in hearing more about token or connecting with you guys, what can they do? Yeah, they can they can reach out to us um, directly. I'll we'll give the details, but also yeah. we, you know our, we, our website tokentechnology dot com. Yep, um, it's T O K N T O K N O E. Yep, and uh, yeah, reach out to us. You know, we, we especially in the enterprise space. The, the, Kevin's talked a lot about you know time time cards and things, but we do we do a lot across that space. Any workflow automation, you know, that's that's happening there. Whether yep. it be aged care, mining, construction, you know, there, there's a lot of efficiencies um, in that space. So yep. you do expense management, to help. Uh, yeah. CMS type stuff. Or yeah, content yep. content management, engagement, safety, mm-hmm. a lot on safety. Um, well, look, thank you both, um, Kevin and Clinton, for being on Weird Growth. It's been a fascinating conversation. It's been awesome watching your journey as you've grown um, token over the years. Um, thank you so much for being on Weird Growth. Yeah, it's been brilliant, Cam. And, and congrats to you and the business as well and the team. Fantastic job. Yeah. Thank you, mate. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah cheers. Um, and thank you all for listening to Weird Growth. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you're just listening to this on a podcast, this is actually a video as well. So check us out on YouTube and leave a comment if you enjoyed the episode. Um, until next time, I'm Cam Sinclair. This has been Weird Growth. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.